Welcome to Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. I'm so glad you've chosen to join me today in my special reading place. To come into my cozy magic story corner, you'll need two things. Ears ready to listen carefully and your imagination so that you'll be able to visualize the story as I read it to you. In the book, The Adventures of Buster Bear, we meet many of Thornton Burgess's forest friends who live near the Laughing Stream. Today, we're going to read about wise Grandfather Frog and Little Joe Otter, who has a quick temper, but he's smart enough to take good advice from Grandfather Frog when needed. We'll also be meeting Farmer Brown's boy, who loves fishing as much as Little Joe Otter, and is not happy when he finds someone else has been catching fish in his father's stream. Picture yourself now in the green forest and listen to the story about Grandfather Frog's Common Sense from The Adventures of Buster Bear by Thornton W. Burgess. Grandfather Frog's Common Sense there's nothing quite like common sense to smooth out troubles. People who have plenty of it, just plain common sense, are often thought to be very wise. Their neighbors look up to them and are forever running to them for advice, and they are very much respected. That is the way with Grandfather Frog. He's very old and very wise. Anyway, that is what his neighbors think. The truth is... He simply has a lot of common sense, which, after all, is the very best kind of wisdom. Now, when Little Joe Otter found that Buster Bear had been too smart for him, and that instead of spoiling Buster's fishing in the Laughing Brook, he had really made it easier for Buster to catch all the fish he wanted, Little Joe went off down to the smiling pool in a great rage. Billy Mink stopped long enough to eat the fat fish Buster had left on the bank, and then he too went down to the smiling pool. When Little Joe Otter and Billy Mink reached the smiling pool, they climbed up on the big rock, and there Little Joe sulked and sulked until finally Grandfather Frog asked what the matter was. Little Joe wouldn't tell. But Billy Mink told the whole story. When he told how Buster had been too smart for Little Joe, it tickled him so that Billy had to laugh in spite of himself. So did Grandfather Frog. So did Jerry Muskrat, who had been listening. Of course, this made Little Joe angrier than ever. He said a lot of unkind things about Buster Bear and about Billy Mink and Grandfather Frog and Jerry Muskrat because they had laughed at the smartness of Buster. He's nothing but a great big bully and thief, declared Little Joe. chug a -rum. He may be a bully because great big people are very apt to be bullies. And though I haven't seen him, I guess Buster Bear is big enough from all I've heard. But I don't see how he's a thief, said Grandfather Frog. Didn't he catch my fish and eat them, snapped Little Joe. Doesn't that make him a thief? They're no more your fish than mine, protested Billy Mink. Well, 
He stole our fish then. He stole them. And if you like it any better, then I'll say our fish. That makes him just as much a thief, doesn't it? Growled Little Joe. Grandfather Frog looked up at jolly, round, bright Mr. Sun and slowly winked one of his great, goggly eyes. There comes a foolish green fly, said he. Whom does he belong to? Nobody, snapped Little Joe. What have foolish green flies got to do with my, I mean, our fish? Nothing, nothing at all, replied Grandfather Frog mildly. I was just hoping that he would come near enough for me to snap him up. Then he would belong to me. As long as he doesn't, he doesn't belong to anyone. I suppose that if Buster Bear should happen along and catch him, he would be stealing from me, according to Little Joe. Of course not. What a silly idea. You're getting foolish in your old age, retorted Little Joe. Can you tell me the difference between the fish that you haven't caught and the foolish green flies that I haven't caught? asked Grandfather Frog. Little Joe couldn't find a word to say. You take my advice, Little Joe Otter, continued Grandfather Frog, and always make friends with those who are bigger and stronger and smarter than you are. You'll find it pays. Little Joe Otter takes Grandfather Frog's advice, who makes an enemy a friend. To fear and worry puts an end. Little Joe Otter found that out when he took Grandfather Frog's advice. He wouldn't have admitted that he was afraid of Buster Bear. No one ever likes to admit being afraid, least of all Little Joe Otter. And really, Little Joe has a great deal of courage. Very few of the little people of the Green Forest or the Green Meadows would willingly quarrel with him. For Little Joe is a great fighter when he has to fight. As for all those who live in or along the Laughing Brook or in the Smiling Pool, they let Little Joe have his own way in everything. Now, having one's own way too much is a bad thing. It's apt to make one selfish and thoughtless of other people and very hard to get along with. Little Joe Otter had his way too much. Grandfather Frog knew it and shook his head very soberly when Little Joe had been disrespectful to him. Too bad, too bad, too bad, chug-a-rum. It is too bad that such a fine young fellow as Little Joe should spoil a good disposition by such selfish heedlessness. Too bad, he said. So, though he didn't let on that it was so, Grandfather Frog really was delighted when he heard how Buster Bear had been too smart for Little Joe Otter. It tickled him so that he had to work hard to keep a straight face. But he did, 
and was as grave and solemn as you please, as he advised little Joe always to make friends with anyone who was bigger and stronger and smarter than he. That was good common sense advice. But little Joe just sniffed and went off declaring that he would get even with Buster Bear yet. Now, little Joe is good-natured and full of fun as a rule. And after he'd reached home and his temper had cooled off a little, he began to see the joke on himself. How, when he'd worked so hard to frighten the fish in the little pools of the Laughing Brook, so that Buster Bear should not catch any. He had all the time been driving them right into Buster's paws. By and by, he grinned. It was a little sheepish grin at first, but at last it grew into a laugh. I believe, said little Joe, as he wiped tears of laughter from his eyes, that Grandfather Frog is right and that the best thing I can do is to make friends with Buster Bear. I'll try it tomorrow morning. So very early the next morning, little Joe Otter went to the best fishing pool he knew of in the Laughing Brook, and there he caught the biggest trout he could find. It was so big and fat that it made little Joe's mouth water, for you know fat trout are his favorite food. But he didn't take so much as one bite. Instead, he carefully laid it on an old log where Buster Bear would be sure to see it if he should come along that way. Then he hid nearby where he could watch. Buster was late that morning. It seemed to little Joe that he never would come. Once he nearly lost the fish, he turned his head for just a minute, and when he looked back again, the trout was nowhere to be seen. Buster couldn't have stolen up and taken it, because such a big fellow couldn't possibly have gotten out of sight again. Little Joe darted over to the log and looked on the other side. There was the fat trout, and there also was little Joe's smallest cousin, Shadow the Weasel, who is a great thief and altogether bad. Little Joe sprang at him angrily. But Shadow was too quick and darted away. Little Joe put the fish back on the log and waited. This time he didn't take his eyes off it. At last, when he was almost ready to give up, he saw Buster Bear shuffling along toward the Laughing Brook. Suddenly Buster stopped and sniffed. One of the merry little breezes had carried the scent of that fat trout over to him. Then he came straight over to where the fish lay, his nose wrinkling and his eyes twinkling with pleasure. Now I wonder who was so thoughtful as to leave this fine breakfast ready for me, said he out loud. Me, said little Joe in a rather faint voice. I caught it especially for you. Thank you, replied Buster and his eyes twinkled more than ever. I think we're going to be friends. I, I hope so, replied little Joe. Farmer Brown's boy has no luck at all. Farmer Brown's boy tramped through the green forest, whistling merrily.
He always whistles when he feels light-hearted, and he always feels light-hearted when he goes fishing. You see, he's just as fond of fishing as his little Joe Otter, or Billy Mink, or Buster Bear. And now he was making his way through the green forest to the Laughing Brook. Sure that by the time he had followed it down to the smiling pool, he would have a fine lot of trout to take home. He knew every pool in the Laughing Brook where the trout loved to hide, did Farmer Brown's boy. And it was just the kind of morning when the trout should be hungry. So he whistled as he tramped along, and his whistle was good to hear. When he reached the first little pool, he baited his hook very carefully, and then, taking the greatest care to keep out of sight of any trout that might be in the little pool, he began to fish. Now, Farmer Brown's boy learned a long time ago that to be a successful fisherman, one must have to practice for a long time. So, though he didn't get a bite right away, as he'd expected to. He wasn't the least bit discouraged. He kept very quiet and fished and fished, patiently waiting for a foolish trout to take his hook. But he didn't get so much as a nibble. Either the trout have lost their appetite, or they've grown very wise, muttered Farmer Brown's boy, as after a long time he moved on to the next little pool. There the same thing happened. He was very patient, very, very patient, but his patience brought no reward, not so much as the faintest kind of a nibble. Farmer Brown's boy trudged on to the next pool, and there was a puzzled frown on his freckled face. Such a thing never had happened before. He didn't know what to make of it. All the night before he had dreamed about the delicious dinner of fried trout he would have the next day. And now, well, if he didn't catch some trout pretty soon, that splendid dinner would never be anything but a dream. If I didn't know that nobody else comes fishing here, I should think that somebody had been here this very morning and caught all the fish or else frightened them so that they're all hiding said he, as he trudged on to the next little pool. I never had such bad luck in all my life before. Hello? What's this? There, on the bank side of the little pool, were the heads of three trout. Farmer Brown's boy scowled down at them more puzzled than ever. Somebody's been fishing here. And they've had better luck than I have, he thought. He looked up at the Laughing Brook and down the Laughing Brook, and this way and that way, but no one was to be seen. Then he picked up one of the little heads and looked at it sharply. It wasn't cut off with a knife. It was bitten off, he exclaimed. I wonder how now... If Billy Mink is the scamp who spoiled my fun. Thereafter, he kept a sharp lookout for signs of Billy Mink. But though he found two or three more trout heads, he saw no other signs, and he caught no fish. 
This puzzled him more than ever. It didn't seem possible that such a little fellow as Billy Mink could have caught or frightened all the fish or have eaten so many. Besides, he didn't remember ever having known Billy to leave heads around that way. Billy sometimes catches more fish than he can eat, but then he usually hides them. The farther he went down the Laughing Brook, the more puzzled Farmer Brown's boy grew. It made him feel very queer. He would have felt still more queer if he had known that all the time two other fishermen who'd been before him were watching him and chuckling to themselves. They were Little Joe Otter and Buster Bear. Farmer Brown's Boy Feels His Hair Rise "'Twas just a sudden odd surprise made Farmer Brown's boy's hair to rise. "'That's a funny thing for hair to do, rise up all of a sudden, isn't it? "'But that is just what the hair on Farmer Brown's boy's head did "'the day he went fishing in the Laughing Brook and had no luck at all. "'There are just two things that make hair rise, anger and fear.' Anger sometimes makes the hair on the back and neck of Browser the Hound and of some other little people bristle and stand up. And you know the hair on the tail of a black pussycat stands on end until her tail looks twice as big as it really is. Both anger and fear make it do that. But there's only one thing that can make the hair on the head of Farmer Brown's boy rise. And as it isn't anger, of course it must be fear. It never had happened before. You see, there isn't much of anything that Farmer Brown's boy is really afraid of. Perhaps he wouldn't have been afraid this time if it hadn't been for the surprise of what he found. You see, when he had found the heads of those trout on the bank, he knew right away that someone else had been fishing, and that was why he couldn't catch any. But it didn't seem possible that little Billy Mink could have eaten all those trout, and Farmer Brown's boy didn't once think of little Joe Otter, and so he was very, very much puzzled. He was turning it all over in his mind and studying what it could mean when he came to a little muddy place on the bank of the Laughing Brook. And there he saw something that made his eyes look as if they would pop right out of his head. And it was right then that he felt his hair rise. Anyway, that is what he said when he told about it afterward. What was it he saw? What do you think? Why, it was a footprint in the soft mud. Yes, sir, that's what it was, and all it was. But it was the biggest footprint Farmer Brown's boy had ever seen, and it looked as if it had been made only a few minutes before. It was the footprint of Buster Bear. Now, Farmer Brown's boy didn't know that Buster Bear had come down to the green forest to live. 
He never had heard of a bear being in the green forest, and so he was so surprised that he had hard work to believe his own eyes, and he had a queer feeling all over, a little chilly feeling, although it was a warm day. Somehow, he didn't feel like meeting Buster Bear. If he had had his terrible gun with him, it might have been different, but he didn't. And so he suddenly made up his mind that he didn't want to fish any more that day. He had a funny feeling, too, that he was being watched. Although he couldn't see anyone, he was being watched. Little Joe Otter and Buster Bear were watching him and taking the greatest care to keep out of his sight. All the way home through the green forest, Farmer Brown's boy kept looking behind him, and he didn't draw a long breath until he reached the edge of the green forest. He hadn't run, but he had wanted to. Huh, said Buster Bear to Little Joe Otter. I believe he was afraid. And Buster Bear was just exactly right. Well, that takes us through Chapter 8. In the Adventures of Buster Bear by Thornton W. Burgess. There are more adventures ahead for another day. When you think of these delightful forest animals, I want you to remember all things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small, all things wise and wonderful. The Lord God made them all. Join me again in Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. <laughs>